are Romans 12, 9 to 16. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your, spirit, your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, and share with God's people who are in need, and practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position and do not be conceited. Right, thank you, Ty. We're going to call upon Ty now to bring the message. And we just um, thank you once again, Ty, for, for coming. Um, thank you. You've been looking forward to this moment all week uh, to bring God's word to us. And uh, just thank you, Father, for thank you, um, Ty, for all that you, you do in, in our town. Okay, thank you. I really have. Good morning, everyone. It is nice to see you. I can't tell you the number of things God's been encouraging me with sitting. I like sitting at the back. Some people like to sit at the back so they disengage. I like to sit back so I can spy on people <laughs> and um, just watch. You know, I, and I've just been loving a lot of things that God's doing and loving, um, loving being back around here. It's been six years or over six years since we planted Church on the Hill. If you want to hear that story of, of what God did, you ask someone, you'll get a probably slightly different version uh, from everyone. But the gist of it is that we felt called by God to come here uh, in 2011 and we felt called by God to, to reach a part of the town uh, that we felt God had asked us to reach the spiritually homeless. And so Church on the Hill started. Um, one of the things we've been... Uh, I, I, think, I think the reason I say that is, I look around, I think we're not disconnected people, even though I haven't been pastoring here for over six years. Uh, there's so many ways I'm connected with so many of you. Um, there's people who work at my other employment at Gloucester Public, and there's kids from school. Um, and there's people whose weddings I've run for them, and there's people who are praying for us. Just this week we um, put up the up the prayer beacon, and some of you get that through an SMS, um, and ask people to pray for Alpha, which we're running. Oh, we've run it a couple of times. This and this time we've got such a a diverse crowd. Um, we asked some people to be prayer sponsors. It's kind of like World Vision, except you you pray. You pray for the person who's on the Alpha course and you pray that God would meet them and you pray for them by name. So if you want to be one of those people or join our prayer group, come and see me. Um, but I just thought, that's just this week. That's this Wednesday. Uh, I was chatting with some of you and getting messages back saying, oh, I'd love to pray. Who can I pray for? Which person coming to Alpha? We're about halfway through. Um, who's done Alpha, by the way? How many of you? Great. Do it again. Invite some people to come with you. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, and we've got a group that's mainly not met Jesus before. And so we prayed with them for the first time this week. It's, it's a great, it was a great honour to do that, uh, to hear people pray who maybe haven't prayed. One of them started by saying, God, if you're there, and then carried on. And I thought, what an honest way to start your prayer. 
Not sure if you're there, but if you are, I want to tell you some things. Um, some of you know uh, Daniel Gilfillan. He's coming along, and he is just, he makes me laugh. Um, anyone who knows Daniel know what I mean. He's just a funny man. Uh, but he's coming, and he's, he's talking about Jesus with us. Um, so would love your ongoing prayer in that. Um, and I want to pass on the greetings from Church on the Hill too. Um, your brother's in another paddock. Um, you've been running a series, uh, Luke tells me, and I'm really um, thankful particularly for Luke. He came in and uh, to the end of one of our gatherings and invited me, and I just felt really blessed by that, that he would come and ask. Um, he said, you're running a series called Everyday Matters, uh, which I understand to be daily habits you can choose to uh, open our hearts to God's character and open our hearts to people around us. So the one that I'm going to be speaking about is hospitality. All about eating, really. It's a great one. It's an area like not just eating, but the area of hospitality is one that the, uh, the whole St. Peter's family loves. Been blessed by doing. Um, but I, I don't want to talk about us. I want to actually take a step back from us and, and ground what we're saying in the scriptures. Um, so, um, oh, if you've got a Bible, just kind of flick around to a few verses, but keep your finger in Romans 12. Um, we need to remember that God is by nature hospitable and that the gospel is an invitation into relationship with God. So you might know some of these very famous verses about hospitality. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Revelation, it's in Revelation chapter 3. Um, if anyone hears my voice, I will open up the door and opens up the door. I will come in and sup with him. I say eat, but sup is good too, Carol. Yeah, I will come in and eat with him. So the invitation of Jesus is for a meal in Revelation 3.20. John chapter 14, verse 2. In my father's house, there are many rooms. I go to prepare a place for you. So God's actual nature is love and relationship and hospitality. So that even the Godhead itself, outside of his relationship with us, the Godhead, the, the Trinity, uh, is a relationship of love and, uh, and of community and of fellowship. Uh, it's, the, it's the model relationship, the model of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and the love and the deference they have towards each other is a model for us of what love and relationship looks like. And when we become Christians, we're actually invited into that relationship. Uh, we're invited into the family of God. It's not, um, it's not just a transaction where we say, well, you, you owed 12,500 penance points, and I'm going to pay off those 12,000. How much was it? 12,500. Got to get it right. Uh, it's not, it's not a, a transaction, a mathematical transaction. It's a relational transaction. You know, we talk about inviting Jesus into our heart, but more than that happens, doesn't it? I like the idea of inviting Jesus into your heart, but what God says is, I want to invite you into my story. Can I invite you into my family, into my kingdom? That's what goes on. So yesterday I was, um, oh, it hasn't been a quiet start to my school holidays. They're a bit of a myth sometimes, school holidays. So <laughs> early morning I went to speak at a youth leaders uh, gathering um, from a church in Sydney, and and um, the the uh, twenty year olds, the twenty to thirty year olds, sometimes get slated by the press, don't they, about being uh, selfish and mindless and brainless and whatever. Uh, and I was reading Psalm two with them. 
I don't know why I chose Psalm 2, but I wanted to meditate on Psalm 2 with them. It's pretty graphic at some points and violent. It's one of those violent uh, psalms where, where it says, Why do the nations conspire? Open it up if you want to have a look at it. And I thought, what have I put myself into? I'm, I'm speaking about the, uh, the justice and the wrath of God to millennials. And they don't understand anything like that because they just like smashed avocado. And they don't, and they don't critically think about anything. This, I, you know, it's not true, is it? But in our worst moments we go, no one under 30 critically thinks about anything ever. And so I open the scriptures with them. And in Psalm 2 it talks about the nations rallying and the kings coming together. And they're saying, we're going to break free of your shackles. And we're going to set ourselves free. And isn't that what has been going on? Like, not just this month but you know kind of human history is that we're going to break free of that and they're making this idea of here here are the rules here's the change you got around us and it's beautiful what god says in in response to that he takes a task oriented statement and he gives it a relationally oriented answer he said i will set my king in my holy mountain and i will say you are my son and today i've become your father so in answer to the rules that the people are saying they need to break free from, God says, here's what I'm going to say. This is a relational kingdom I'm going to set up. I'm not actually scared or worried. I'm not feeling threatened by you. Um, but I'm going to set up a kingdom, and it is by, by nature, by definition, personal. And I'm going to speak over your life and truth and who you are. Now, this is what a 20-year-old is teaching me yesterday. I didn't see that in the passage. They saw it in the passage you know, the world may think that Christianity is a set of rules to live by. People may tear down uh, the, the shackles or what they call of Christianity based on that, but God has set things right in Jesus. And he sets it right by the gospel's hospitable invitation. That's what you're invited into. At, a, at, at its heart, the invitation to be hospitable is an invitation to be like the Trinity, to be like God. So it's not an added extra in Scripture. It's not an added extra in your daily life. It's just an outworking of being made like Jesus, to be hospitable. So Romans 12 says, practice hospitality. When we're hospitable, we really do echo God's character. I realize some people may find that easier than others. Some people, did anyone grow up in a house like that that just had... There was always food on the go. There was, there was always someone coming or going. Is that the sort of house anyone else has grown up in? Yeah, me too. I didn't find it hard to have people around because that's the sort of house I grew up in. Um, and some, some of you might find that stuff easy to invite people in. Some of you might find it really hard. If you're really clean, hospitality will be harder for you, I realise, because you want things just so before people come around. I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up if you're really clean. I will put my hand up and tell you that I'm not really clean. And so in that sense, we invited people over yesterday and we said, just watch your step as you come in. <laughs> Don't worry. We didn't make our house ready for people to come round. We just said, come round. It's going to be a pigsty because we'd rather spend time with you than clean our house. Actually, I'd rather do a whole lot of things than clean my house, but I'd rather spend time with people. You know? So I realise, even in that level, some of you will find it more of a struggle, because you don't want people to come into an unmade house. You feel like that's bad hospitality. Um, just let that um, one unravel a little bit. 
start today maybe just by unpicking the end of that thread. You won't, I can't just say, cut it out, because you won't. But maybe just you can cut the end so it starts unraveling and you loosen up a little bit on that one. And you can maybe have one book on the table when there were no books before. That might be a start for you. Just loosen in on it. But anyway, at the end of the day, I don't want to ask you to practice hospitality because it's easy or because it's fun, which it is. Um, I want to encourage you to do it because I believe God's asking you to echo his character by being hospitable. It says, that, like I said, it says in Romans 12, 13, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Now, the word practice there is not used in, in all the translations um, and not in the original. Um, although practice isn't a bad word, you practice something that you need to work on. And most of us need to work on our hospitality. We're not as hospitable as we would like to be, even by our standards. Um, and I teach guitar, that's my other, other, other job. And so when I teach guitar, I tell the guitar students, if you don't practice, you're just going to go around in circles um, and you'll never get any better. So I'll tell you the same about hospitality. If you don't practice, you're not going to get any better at it. Just practice and practice. But um, further, I can take you a step further with the... Um, with the original intention I think Paul gave in his encouragement because the word which I'm not going to try to pronounce even though I am Greek I'm not going to try to pronounce it um, it's, it's a U Greek word which means pursue so rather than practice it, it means pursue and if you look at uh, how that word's used throughout the scriptures normally the pursuing is done to persecute so in, in every other reference that I could find in the scriptures where it said um, this Greek word <laughs> Uh, for practice, it meant to pursue someone in order to persecute them. So here's Saint Paul, who used to be not Saint Saul, and he used to pursue the Christians. And now he's saying, I want you to do that thing to pursue hospitality. I want you to pursue it. And the next verse actually talks about persecution. So I don't think it's an accident that he put verse 14 after that about blessing those who are pursuing you to persecute you. That's what it says in the next verse. It's almost like he's saying, pursue people in love with your hospitality and bless those who are pursuing you to persecute you. So, who have you lovingly pursued recently in order to be welcoming to them, in, ordering, in order to be hospitable to them? It is a rhetorical question, so you don't need to answer this one. I'll ask a non-rhetorical question later, but in a rhetorical sense, who have you pursued? Someone, People feel so loved when they are pursued in a loving way, like not in a stalker sort of a way. In a, in like in a loving way, people feel really valued if you would say, I, I'm, I'm wanting you. I'm wanting you. And we were... Uh, Sarah and I were... Um, uh, offered to go to an event in Melbourne recently run by Crossover. So thank you if you guys donated to Crossover at Easter. No thanks at all if you didn't. <laughs> um, sorry, that was ungracious. Um, but the Crossover, the Crossover gathering, they gather um, people from all around Australia in Melbourne um, and we were fortunate enough to be two of the people who were there um, in this gathering. There was about 30 of us from around Australia. And um, a fellow named Dale Stevenson from Crossway Baptist in 
Melbourne, who's coming to Nelson Bay in October, come along. It's a conference called Form, if you see it in your emails. Just come along to that. Um, it's on at Jess's church. So um, Jenny and Mike, just come. You know where to go. Um, anyway, he was there, and, and I got up to say a little bit about our church stuff, and I said, you know what? You should just come to Gloucester. And I see Sarah put her head down, because <laughs> I do that everywhere. I just invite everyone to come to our place. When I'm, when I'm going around. And so one girl's already come. This girl from Sydney came and stayed at our place a week or two ago from this gathering in Melbourne. So it, it's fun to do that sort of stuff. It can be really exciting to let people in and, and meet them. Um, but whether, like I said, whether you find that easy or not, um, on, a, on a practical level, um, on a gospel level, you're echoing the heart of God. On a practical level, you're opening a door for friendship. And you're opening a door for sharing the message with, with people. A man named Alan Hirsch, uh, he wrote a book with Lance Ford and it's called Right Here, Right Now. He said, missional hospitality is a tremendous opportunity to extend the kingdom of God. We can literally eat our way into the kingdom of God. If every Christian household regularly invited a stranger or a poor person into their home for a meal once a week, we would literally change the world by eating. And uh, one of the things that uh, Mike Frost, who works with Alan Hirsch in the Forge Network, says uh, he challenges people to eat with, uh, deliberately eat with three people during the week. Outside of, you know, he said, you've got 21 meals. Just choose to invite three people who you wouldn't normally have meals with every week. So they say, make it practical. You can eat your way into growing the kingdom of God just by having meals with three people a week. Okay, so this is a bit that's not a rhetorical question. So you get to talk with the people. Um, I realise hospitality is not just eating. Um, it is much broader than that. It can be a, a, a lot of different lifestyle choices we make. So with the people around you, talk about the ways you can be hospitable. Any way at all that you can think of to be hospitable. And we'll do a little bit of um, feedback in a minute from that. Okay? This is the moment where you're allowed to talk in church. Go. What are the ways? Phone calls. Phone call, yep. Yep, give someone a phone call. Yep, Phineas. Yes, invite someone over to play. That is good. Yeah, it's not a. It's not an age or stage of life where you can't be hospitable. Yep, wonderful. Yes, do you mean going around or giving them a call or a text or all of the above? Yep. Wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. Yep. It's getting hard for me. I didn't want to know what's hard for you, Mrs. McIntosh. I'm asking how you do it. <laughs> I'm not cheeky to everyone in this way, but don't make excuses. It's getting physically difficult for me to manage, and I usually only feel comfortable with people who know how I manage. Robbie suggested we ring, we could have somebody over. How did you hear Robbie? She's all the way back there. Oh, this Robbie, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking, are you yelling over the... I didn't hear you. Sorry, Robbie. We can have someone to pray with them, but I suggested we need... If we don't know them, would be better to invite them to a meal and then pray with them. Yes. I would want to encourage you as well. Like, be open to that, but you'd want to be careful it's not a sales pitch. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm critiquing you a little bit because 
we know each other fairly well. Yeah. But Robbie suggested to pray with him, and I said you could frighten some people. If you yes, yeah. you you want to you want to read the room a little bit at that point, don't you? you invite them for a meal and then pray for them. Yep, Mike saves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very rarely do people say no, though, do they, Robbie? <laughs> they, you invite them. You go. I'm not very mobile, but you are. So that's that makes a bit of sense of it. Yeah, it's it's all about doing what you can do, isn't it? Yep. Do what you can do. Pick up a phone. Invite people over. Any others? This this side of the room got any others they want to chip in? Yeah. Yeah. On, the, on that blue bench. And that has spread. There's other people that took the idea on, and there are blue tables spread out everywhere. Yeah. And that was in America. Yeah, there's, there's simple things like that. You hear about people putting their herb garden on the nature strip. I don't know if you can do that legally, but they sort of made this community garden outside their front fence so that anyone could come past and... Uh, and get some of the herbs. That's hospitable. Uh, that's a hospitable thing. Even sitting on your front porch rather than on your back porch, it means that you're seeing people coming through. Uh, they're, they're little things. Um, did anyone talk about hospitality of opinion? I don't. It's a bit. It's a bit left of centre. Did anyone get there? Nope. Just me. You can. You can be very hospitable by not speaking, by just being a good listener. You listen and people have a chance to speak and they don't need to know whether you approve of that idea or what you think of that idea. You're just listening. And uh, I did something yesterday at this youth leader session again where we, we passed around. I've got to stop this from Leif and Brendan. They do a thing with a talking stick, I think it's called. And if you've got the talking stick, you can talk. And, and it's amazing to see the dynamic change when you do that because if someone interrupts, everyone looks at them. They're like, you haven't got the stick. That sort of thing. And, and what then happened, I didn't, I didn't see all this coming. This was a very surprising morning yesterday. I'm being taught the Bible by 20-year-olds and I'm being taught by a stick of rosemary because that's all I had. Um, uh, you listen differently when you're not planning to talk. If you just listen, you actually listen differently to when you're having a conversation and you're thinking what you're going to say next. So even hospitality of your ears is a wonderful thing. Just listening to people is a wonderful way to love them and be hospitable. Come yep. You're talking to everyone or just to me? Everybody. Only men. Yeah. Yeah, I think the men's shed can be a wonderful space for that. Part of, a part of what they do, I think, is making space for guys to chat in a non-awkward way, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we, we're hospitable uh, when we do this in, in lots of different ways and, and as, you, as you talk about it you'll realise there's plenty of other ways to do it um, plenty of other ways to be hospital we make space for the gospel to come to other people um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 Paul says because we loved you so much we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God but our lives as well because we don't share the gospel as a blank canvas, 
and we don't share it to a blank canvas. There's always context that goes on there. There's a man named Dudley Ford. He's not around anymore, but uh, he was a wonderful encouragement to me in my faith as a younger man. And he used to often say, you, who you are is shouting so loudly that I can't hear what you're saying. Just in case you're not sure what that means, he's saying the context of relationship is, is how I'll hear your words. If I know that you're judgmental, it doesn't matter what you say. I'm always expecting to hear judgment. I can't almost hear your words because that's what I'm hearing, the judgment. If you are on my side, if you're easily excitable, if you're always late, I, who you are speaks so loudly that I can't hear what you're saying. Opening your life to someone is building trust and it's building friendship. It means that when you do open your mouth to speak, there's a connection that's already there. Um, so, um, like I was sort of saying before to what, what you mentioned, Carol, I, um, it doesn't have to be a sales pitch either. Because you're being hospitable, because that's what God's like, it's not a failure if you don't pray with them. It's not a failure if you don't talk about Jesus or open the Bible. Wonderful if there's an opportunity to do that. But even Paul in, in Colossians says, pray for an open door. He didn't say, well, I'm going to pray whether they want it or not. I'm going to give them, you know, you know who does that? Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say if, if you're one of them. Amway does that. <laughs> Suck you in the door, then bolt it closed and sign you into the whatever. Sorry if you're an Amway person. We're not Amway salesmen for Jesus. We're witnesses of the love of Jesus. We are in the family of God. And so assuming that you are in genuine relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit is alive in you, for someone to be around you is to be around the kingdom of God. And so hospitality is just getting around people who need the love of God. Um, and Jesus also encourages us to invite those who are not going to be able to pay us back. Invite those who don't get invited to parties. Have a play, Phineas, with people who don't get to have a play with someone else. You might not want to have them at your house, but you can go to the park. You know, that's hospitality. Invite people back to your place or invite people into your world who aren't going to pay you back, who might be a bit awkward when you're chatting with them, who might not have a friend to talk to, and you can't always pick it. But Jesus says, when you do that, you're being like your Father in heaven. And that's the main reason it's not a sales pitch, by the way, because it's not a sales pitch. You know? But you can pray for opportunities at the same time. Say, I want people to know the thing that I've, that, that I've got here. I want to have a chance to share the love of God in my words and in my cup of tea. Uh, and, and would you enable it to be something that draws people closer to your kingdom? Now, in order to be severely practical... I chatted with Sarah about this as well. I said, I want to give you our own top tips for hospitality. So this is not a, an exhaustive list, but if you, if you want to like be like really practical about it, here are some things. And for those of you who do this normally, I'm sorry for telling you things that are bleeding obvious, but there are others who are not. Um, if in doubt, number one, if in doubt, say yes to people coming over. If it's a line ball, say yes. Number two, Deliberately don't clean your house before people come over. Make it a normal life thing, not a special event when people come into your house. Now, that may not ring true because you go, well, I want them to be special. Do you want them to, how do you want them to be special? You can make it special by people being welcome into your household 
without them being a, a guest. Number three, try to meet people at the door or even before they knock. Dogs do that well, by the way. <laughs> but people love dogs most of the time. It's really welcoming when people come over if you meet them before they come in. Number four, invite all sorts of people over. But do think about how you may need to change your house to set up for different people, like move obstacles for older people, put away your fine china when the young kid's around. Number five, turn the TV off. Even for kids, TV is not usually a good solution. It's just a way to keep them quiet. You know, my generation says, oh, our parents' generation said kids should be seen and not heard, but we're different to that. Really? What's the iPad? It's kids should be seen and not heard, isn't it? Really? It's a, just a different version of kids should be seen and not heard. Turn the TV off. It, you know, set up a, an environment where you can talk together. Number six, we always offer people a drink when they come in and we also tell them where the toilet is. Simple things. A cup of tea is a great place to start for a chat. Number seven, let people help you with the washing of the dishes. A lot of good chats happen around the washing up water. And it also changes your role from being host to being friend. Um, and while I'm saying this, have less dinner parties and have more boring old dinners, spaghetti bolognese dinner parties. Make it normal rather than formal. Um, and while I'm talking about drinks, make a notice of how people have their tea or coffee. It's, it's great for you not to have to ask every time, how many sugars, how many milk, all these sort of things. If you can remember or write it down, that's a really nice way to bless people. Um, and then the last, because ten's a nice, neat number, if it works for your family routine or schedule, book it into the diary. Saturday afternoon is when people come over. Just block it into the diary and say, on every Saturday afternoon, someone's going to come over to our place and we'll rotate it around. Um, if you're routine people, make it part of your routine to do it and just lock it in there. Make it a predictable part of what you do. That's all I wanted to say. Is there anything you want to ask before we pray? I realise that's a weird thing to do. But it's okay. No. Ask people later anyway. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are such a hospitable God, that, that you, uh, you are the God who came for us. You are the God who moved into the neighbourhood in Jesus. You are the God who walked on earth. And you, and you said, you won't find me by yourself. Oh, I'm going to come and find you. You are the God who would leave the 99 to find the one. You are so hospitable. You are so gracious, God. And we want to be more like you. So, Lord, help us in this practice of hospitality. Just help us to practice more. Help us to meet you on the road. I pray for the people that will walk in our door this week. And I pray that there will be people who do walk in our door this week. Help us to love them, God. Make our houses places of warmth and love and of the Holy Spirit. Pray there'd be conversations where people give their lives to you.
pray there be people where conversations where people are set free from things that are holding them back where people are released into the things that you want them to do where people feel loved and accepted and encouraged i pray you show us how it how it does work rather than uh, letting us make excuses about how it doesn't work god show us how we are meant to be hospitable and as we do that, God, we want to see you multiply your love through us. And let us see your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.